Good afternoon. It is time for a Bible study on Facebook. This is Bill Allen, minister at West Irwin Church of Christ in downtown Tyler, Texas, a very hot downtown Tyler, Texas. It's a week of 100 degree highs and next week looks like the same. Uh, but we are glad to be together. I'm glad to have the opportunity to share with you from God's Word today. We're looking at a book by Oswald Chambers. It's a daily devotional guide. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. Wonderful title. It's kind of a classic in those circles. And uh, each uh, Tuesday afternoon, we look at a little bit of that book, a chapter or two from the past week's reading or so. Nice to see my friends Cindy and Eric uh, signing on today. Hello, hello, my friends and others I know will as well. I appreciate all of you who take a few minutes out of your day uh, to take a look and study the Bible uh, with us. Today's lesson is entitled, From Despair to Blessed. And if you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, you know it is difficult teaching. That Sermon on the Mount, the amazing thing to me is as hard as it is to live up to, uh, there's never any indication in that sermon in Matthew 5 through 7 where you get an idea, a feeling that Jesus doesn't really expect you to live like this. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite. Jesus calls his disciples to live like this. And Oswald Chambers calls this, and especially the Beatitudes, which are the first several verses out of Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, the doorway to the kingdom. And so we're going to explore that today. We're going to explore a little bit about um, that idea of um, this being a time of despair and looking for how we can get from here uh, to feeling and being blessed. Uh, but it may be a little bit different than what you're thinking. Um, Chambers starts out a few of these chapters and the, over the last week or so of readings uh, that uh, reminds us that Jesus was more than just a teacher. He actually lived what he taught. And just as I said a few moments ago, he, as best I can read, believes that we should live the same way. And obviously we won't be perfect as Jesus was sinless. We won't do it as well as he did. But at the same time, he doesn't let up. That passage in Matthew 5, verse 48 uh, where at the end of the first chapter, Jesus says, you be perfect or complete as your heavenly Father is perfect. is just a <coughs> little bit of an indication of where Jesus is coming from. And basically, he's saying we should live the way he's already talked about in Matthew 5, the way he's going to talk about in Matthew 6 and 7. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, message in Matthew 5 through 7, perhaps one of the greatest a single speeches or documents ever written. And uh, it begins again with the Beatitudes. And so if it's all right, and I guess it is, because if it's not, then you'll just, you know, go somewhere else and turn off your computer or something, click on a different thing. But I hope you'll stay with me. And I'm just going to read the Beatitudes. It's Matthew 5, starting in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You already see a pattern, right, from despair to blessed. It's interesting that Jesus calls on those who are seemingly in despair as being blessed. We'll come back to that. Verse 5, the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We could mention one other beatitude, a beatitude of Jesus that we don't read. It. Not only we don't read it here in the Beatitudes or in Luke's version in Luke 6, but where we read it is in uh, the book of Acts. <laughs> in one of Paul's sermons, he says, Jesus told us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, that kind of is very consistent with all of this, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Those are, those are all groups that uh, seemingly people would possibly look down on because of the kind of circumstances that they're in or because of the values that they hold. We certainly see it more and more in our country that those are not things that people desire. They don't desire to be in mourning. They don't desire to be poor in anything. Certainly not poor in spirit, poor financially, as Luke's version seems to indicate. The merciful are seen to be weak rather than standing strong against uh, those who've done wrong or for judgment. Uh, the pure in heart are laughed at a lot. Uh, the peacemakers seem to be the ones who are in the way. And uh, if you try to be a peacemaker, what typically happens is you become the enemy of both sides. Um, and the persecuted, of course, who wants to be persecuted? Uh, and yet Jesus says each of these groups is blessed, starting with the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, this is where uh, the Beatitudes begin, and this is what Oswald Chambers calls the doorway to the kingdom. He reminds us that Jesus did not come only to teach, but that he came to make me what he teaches I should be, to live like he lived. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus reminds us that he lived and he taught as an example, and that we are to treat others the way he has treated us. Chambers says the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7 produces a sense of despair in the natural man, exactly what Jesus meant for it to do. In other words, we, we can't live that way. <laughs> we can't do that. How will we ever? We, we constantly fall short. And only then, he says, are we willing to come to him as paupers, as poor people, and receive from him. It, it causes us to be reminded that we can't do this ourselves. In the words of Paul the Apostle, as he was considering that thorn in the flesh, whatever that was, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, you know, I prayed over and over and over again for God to take it away. And he said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, well, that's good enough for me because when I am weak, then I am strong. From despair to blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Chambers writes, this is the first principle in the kingdom of God. 
The underlying foundation of Jesus Christ's kingdom is poverty, not possessions, not making decisions for Jesus, but having such a sense of absolute futility that we finally admit, Lord, I cannot even begin to do it. Then Jesus says, blessed are you. It takes us a long time to get there, but that's where God can really take over in our lives. You know, we think about the alcoholic or the drug addict having to hit bottom, and until they hit bottom, they're never going to be able to reach out for the kind of help that can save them. Why? Because they are constantly feeling like, I can do this myself. I can stop drinking. I can stop taking drugs. I can stop looking at porn. I can do whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing and not do what they're not supposed to be doing on their own. And it's just not true when it gets to that level. And Jesus reminds us that until we get to that point of despair about our own abilities and our own life uh, uh, situation, then we're, we're not ready to be blessed. From despair to blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus was trying to get us to come to and to do so that we would realize that we cannot save ourselves, we cannot get through this by ourselves, we can only get through it with the Lord's hand. It's like Peter walking on the water, um, and he did great. I think that's uh, in um, uh, Matthew 14. He did such a great, great thing, and then all of a sudden he began to sink because he had lost sight of Jesus and was rather concentrating on how strong the wind was and how hard it was raining and how loud the thunder was and how deep the water was in the sea. And he began to sink and he said, Lord, save. And love lifted me. That great old hymn comes from that story. Jesus reached out his hand and lifted Peter and they were back in the boat. And that's, that's, that's us. I mean, that's us. Until we get to that point to where we are drowning because we're relying on ourselves and begin to rely on Jesus, we will continue to be in despair. But when we get there, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not quite at the very end of Matthew 5, but a little bit further on, when he makes a little bit of a transition in verse 20, we read the theme verse, I think, is the theme verse of the Sermon on the Mount. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law or scribes, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they weren't living theirs. They were relying on themselves. They were relying on their own personal obedience rather than on the saving grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And because of that, they rejected him. They thought they could do it themselves. And Jesus comes and stands before them in this great sermon, starting with the Beatitudes, and continues on and he says, look, you've got to go further than the scribes and Pharisees, your religious leaders do. And that probably caught the people by surprise, just like the Beatitudes did. I mean, who wants to be poor in spirit? Who wants to be mourners? And yet Jesus reached out to those people who were in despair and said, you actually are the ones that are blessed. Well, that was a shocker to most of the people hearing it, a relief and a joy to so many others. And then this statement that I just read, your righteousness has to exceed, has to surpass that of your religious leaders. That took them by surprise as well because they looked at those people as being the ones who dotted every I and crossed every T. 
But Jesus says, no, 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 that, that's not going to be enough. Why? Because they know these things and they read these things and they say these things, but they don't do them. Unless your righteousness surpasses and exceeds that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and, and that's because they say these things, but they don't do them. The characteristic of a disciple is not that he does good things, but that he is good in his motives, in his heart, having been made good by the grace of God. And the only thing that exceeds right doing, Chambers writes, is right being. And the only way we can be right is to find ourselves in that place of despair, much like Saul of Tarsus did after persecuting the church and then being confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus and struck blind and praying and fasting for three days. He was in that pit of despair. He was at the bottom. He had no idea where to turn, only that Jesus would, had told him that if he'll go into the city, it'll, he'll, know, he'll be told what to do. And that's when Ananias came to him and in Acts 22, verse 16, told him, get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Paul had been putting people in jail or beating them or even having someone like Stephen stoned to death. Paul was there and he was okay with what was going on, giving approval, holding their coats, probably much more involved in some others after that. But now, now he hears that message. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he welcomes that message and goes from the despair of his own horrible, horrible sinfulness, so much so that he would describe himself in 1 Timothy 1 as the chief or worst of sinners. To get from that point, that despair, to being blessed. There's only one way to do that, my friend, and that's through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't take better circumstances. It doesn't take more money. It doesn't take better health. It doesn't take a better job. It doesn't take a better family. There's only one way it comes, and that is through Jesus Christ. And you have to turn to him just like Saul of Tarsus did. Believing in Jesus, he certainly believed. He saw him himself. He heard his voice. Um, he was blinded because of it, repenting of your sins, changing your life. Saul did that, praying and fasting for three days. Confessing that faith, confessing that I'm doing this out of a true heart motivation. And I'm sure Saul of Tarsus did that with Ananias. And then being baptized, getting up and being baptized and washing away your sins, calling on his name. That's what Saul did to get from despair to blessed. I hope that whatever's going on in your life, that you'll reach out to Jesus as well with pure motives. Not like the scribes and Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the chief priests and all of the other leaders of the Jews, but with a heart that's turned over to God, to Jesus Christ. The purity that God demands um, is impossible unless I seek to be made right through his grace and through his mercy and turn my life over uh, to him. Um, that whole, all those beatitudes that we read uh, we ask the question that Chambers asks, am I blessed like this? Are you blessed like this? Are you poor in spirit and, or mourning or are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? If so, then you're blessed. Are you in that pit of despair? Are you in that place where 
there's, there's no one else to turn to. There's no one that can save you from drowning in the Sea of Galilee. That's where Peter was. And are you ready to reach up your hand and say, Lord, save? That's when you're truly, truly blessed. Even if you're persecuted, even if you're looked down upon, laughed at because you're pure in heart. Persecuted because you you have faith in Jesus Christ when it's not a very popular thing. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. You are the one who are blessed. The Beatitudes initially seem to be merely soothing and beautiful precepts for overly spiritual and seemingly useless people. <laughs> and that's exactly right. That's how it sounds. All those people, they're not blessed. They're the reprobates. They're the outcasts. They're the sufferers. But they are the ones that are blessed. And yet in this practical world we live in, there, there's not much help there. There's not much... Uh, blessing there we might say however when things explode in our life when we find ourselves as one of those that Jesus describes in the Beatitudes and we always will we all will at times then we realize wow what an amazing statement that is when we lose a loved one and I know some who have over the past few weeks um, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted I use that in a prayers a lot when I'm holding a memorial or funeral service. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit for theirs, theirs, yours is the kingdom of heaven. We must decide whether or not we will accept the tremendous spiritual upheaval that the Beatitudes share and see if that will be produced in our lives. Whatever the circumstances, if we turn to him in that despair, we will be blessed. The teachings of Jesus are all out of proportion when compared to our natural way of looking at things. That's true. They come to us initially with astonishing discomfort, despair, in fact. We gradually have to conform our walk and conversation, our lives, our conduct, to the precepts of Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit applies them to our own circumstances. I don't know what you're going through right now. I know what I am. And I know it's hard. And I know it's difficult. And I know it's that way for you. But Jesus says that we are blessed. Jesus is the only one that can take us from despair to blessed. And the Beatitudes and the whole Sermon on the Mount are a picture of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is having his unhindered way with us. What will it look like if you're following the way and word of Jesus Christ? Read Matthew 5 through 7. It'll look like that. Whatever is causing you difficulty today, whatever is behind the despair you might feel in your own heart, I pray, my dear friend, that at that moment, at this moment, you will turn your heart over to Jesus Christ and you will be blessed, blessed, blessed from despair to blessed. God bless you and I will see you on Thursday.